If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions, shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning in the newest edition of the Punchlist MMA podcast. We are here to recap all of UFC Jacksonville, all the highlights, all the lowlights, controversial judging, and the questionable decisions. Also, bets we won, bets we lost, and everything in between. Trey, what is going on, man? I want to bet on ourselves, man. That's it. <laughs> okay. And I say that because I don't know if you saw this, but did you see the Joe Rogan? Uh, contract that was just inked 100 yeah. million well there, i've seen so here's a couple different things one i've seen 100 million and then some i've seen where it said in excess of 100 million because there <laughs> might be some royalties and you know uh incentive you know incentive incentives that he may hit that will increase the amount of money that he makes on it unreal man unreal shows there's opportunity though <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, I I will go. I'll tell you right now. Uh, anybody that's at Spotify that listens to our show, you can buy us exclusively for much <laughs> less than a hundred million dollars. Much less. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. we're we're a much better bargain. Yeah, yeah. I'll take a six pack. I really don't care. Yeah. Well, here's the other <laughs> thing too that I think people are you know maybe glossing over is that he posted that his video will also at some point, the video version of his podcast will also switch over to Spotify, which sort of foreshadows into what next venture Spotify will be moving into, which is going to be the video category. So uh, it we might actually see YouTube get a little bit of competition. I know. I love it. I love it. You know what's interesting is for the longest time, I wasn't, I'm, I'm still not a Spotify guy. I'm a, I'm a uh, serious radio guy. I'm a, I know I'm a Pandora guy, but I think Pandora was assumed by Spotify, right? Because you can utilize Pandora stations via Spotify. Is that right? I don't, I don't know. I've had Spotify for, man, probably almost 10 years now. And yeah. I would I would cancel. I was just. It's funny. I was just telling my wife this the other day. I would cancel Netflix before I canceled Spotify. What? Yes. It's it's dude. It's the best. It's the best streaming service out there. It's really any music by any artist ever available at your fingertips with no ads for yeah. ten bucks a month. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. You just. You just reminded me of something. I was going to talk to you about this because I have a bit of a confession, um, and I don't know if it's weird or not yet. And I need okay. to, I need you to tell me if I'm a weird dude. Mm, um, I've I'm noticed <laughs> when I'm training or I'm running or uh, you know even sparring, I'll put on a YouTube video and I'll you know put a training montage from you know some old movie, whether that was Rocky one through four, Creed. But I tend to work out harder when I hear grown men grunting. There doesn't even have to be music, violin, but just the fact that they're struggling and they're grunting, the grunting just gives me this overwhelming sense of I got to work harder. So I almost think I could listen to just grunting dudes and I'd be, I'd be an insane athlete. Well, I think when you, 
I think when you frame it like that, um, the last part, <laughs> I think that makes it a little weird. But I think that there is something. Listen, there, there's something very primal about you know the idea of uh, kinship and tribalism and men laboring together uh, for a common goal. And when you can tap into that, I think that you're able to hit a reserve that you may or may not be able to to find. Um, I've, I know I've talked to you about him extensively and people that have listened to our show from the very beginning have heard me say his name more than a couple of times, but I'm dead serious when I say this, if you're a man, you're listening to this show or watching it, you need to scoop up the books by Jack Donovan. Um, he, he goes into exactly what you're talking about right now. This idea of becoming a better version of yourself by strengthening the tribe of men around you. But the first book, um, you know, The Way of Men is about identifying that which inspires you through other men. So finding other men that you aspire to be like and then becoming the best version of yourself to then do that. So I don't think there's anything weird about needing to see the struggle and motivation of other men to motivate yourself because that's, you know, that in in essence is lighting that fire within you is that this you know, if you want to take it like from an evolutionary standpoint, it's probably a little bit of like that fear of being left behind. I need to compete with these people. I need to bring myself up to that level because I don't want to be left behind or I don't want to be inferior. So I think that listening to stuff like that and getting fired up by it, dude, I think that's I think that's completely normal. Now, that being said, a soundtrack of just dudes grunting. Yeah, man, that's a little weird. Yeah, well, it's, it's even weirder when people are coming by our garage and I've just got you know, men struggling, uh, you know, in the audio, but then I'm also trying to give out meat codes all the right. time, trying it's to share strange. the best meat on the planet. Right. It's starting to look a little grim, but you know, thank you for making it seem a little bit more organized and not so weird. I don't think it's that weird, man. I, I really don't. I mean, listen, you know, and, and anybody can, that's gone to a gym and has been to a gym for any period of time, there's a distinct feel and smell and just, feel is the right word like aura if you will to get all hokey about it about going into like a gym like an authentic gym not like a super like ultra sterile museum of a gym but a place that you go in and it smells like metal a little bit because you know somebody's been bleeding in there and it smells like sweat and you're just like okay this is different like that that whole package just lights something different within you um, so yeah. yeah, I get that, man. I get that. No, and the people I, walk, walking by, they won't understand that. No, they won't. I, I love leaving gyms and looking at my arm being like, is that ringworm? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's, you already alluded to it, but I do want to talk about it. Um, we've been in the work, we've had some other stuff in the works. Um, we've, we've been working behind the scenes Obviously, anybody that's watched and followed the show from the very beginning, we've taken a lot of extra steps from a production standpoint. We've done this transition onto YouTube. Um, There's a lot of stuff in the works, and we've got some stuff that we're going to start slowly rolling out. And one of the things that we're going to, you know, unpack a little bit on this show that we want to let people know about, but we're not going to give you the whole thing yet because we're still fleshing it out, is exactly what you and I were just alluding to, this idea of of gamesmanship and togetherness, fellowship, tribal, whatever you want to call it. Uh, And we want to do that through 
you know, redefining what fight night with the boys or fight night with friends and family looks like. Um, you know, we have long uh, wondered what it would look like to, you know, get back to this idea of having people being able to gather together again and celebrate one, just being together and two, a sport that we love. And we want to hearken back to the days of old when it comes to celebrating monster fights with your friends and family. So that's something we're going to start steering towards. Yeah. I think, uh, the notion of a fight companion, you, you, you want your friends there. Um, we can all be mixologists in quarantine. That's easy. We can all buy a pay-per-view and watch it by ourselves. That's easy. What we miss is, you know, just like the same notion of everyone wanting to get back to go to the bar. You want to hang out with your friends. You want to toast. You want to have a good time. You want to chat about the fights. You want to get excited, jump together. This, what we're going to bring to the table is that all inclusiveness. We're going to bring you every facet of something that you enjoy your pastime and what's hopefully going to be, you know, this coming future. So we have a lot of different partners that are going to ride with us on this journey and it's going to expose you guys that are listening to a whole nother degree of what it is to watch fights with your homies. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's, that's exactly what the aim is going to be. Um, you know, we really want to make an effort to increase the, the good time that you have with a fight night. You know, the initial aim of this show was always to make people better betters or better at betting. We want to give you the storylines, the facts, opinions that you needed to know. So you had the information to one, make you better in a conversational standpoint when somebody was talking to you about the fight, but also help you make informed decisions with your bets. Well, now we're going to take that a step further. So whenever you have people over to the house or you go out to the bar with your friends and family, we're going to give you everything you need from that point forward to continue that momentum to have a great night and provide great entertainment for everybody that's involved with it. Yeah. And you know what it starts with? The foundational level is some good meat. That's right. That's right. Every good barbecue needs great meat. Um, it's not just joking around. I mean, if you want to be that guy that's just going and throwing some ballpark franks on, that's fine. Nothing against that. I mean, America was built on ballpark franks. However, it's 2020. You got to upgrade your game a little bit. And one of those upgrades is stay classy meats. Uh, everything from Wagyu beef franks themselves to beef short ribs, tri tip, um, you know, straight buffalo ground bison. Anything under the sun that you can imagine, they offer. Uh, and it's all locally sourced, no hormone, no GMO. It's fantastic. Stayclassymeats.com. What is the promo code that you keep telling all your neighbors about? Use the code FIST. It'll get you 10% off on Stay Classy Meats. Guys, you can be a – I posted this on our Instagram. I'm a shitty chef. Like I wish <laughs> I took cooking classes. I wish I, I didn't just order out all the time. But when you use Stay's Classy Meat, you could throw that on. You could – burn the crap out of it but it doesn't matter it's a delicacy and when you put it out people are going to think that you're a five-star chef i'm not exaggerating i just did this with sausages there is there's there's an art to to cooking a sausage you want it crispy on the outside so when you bite it it's got a bit of a crunch but you obviously want it nice and just you know warm and mellow on the inside i i thought i burnt it no i knocked it out of the park speaking of yeah, you need that snap on it. You need that snap, snap in the casing. Yeah, uh, which is great. But, you know, honestly, I'm, me personally, uh, to extend this ad read a little bit longer, though, me personally, I'm a big fan of their steak, their tri tip, and their brisket. I yeah. know that you struggled with a brisket the other day. Can't do um, 
it, it hurt my heart to be so far away from you. I, I felt your <laughs> lifeline. I just couldn't reach it. You were too far from shore. I couldn't bring you back. Yeah. Um, but you know, that is something that those are the things that I really enjoy, you know, stay classy sends me a tri tip. I cannot get it off the cutting board without the family gathering around the Island and just literally eating it as I'm cutting it. And honestly, it's one of those things to get nostalgic about it. It's one of those things. That's what makes it awesome. It's the family gathered around good quality food that you can be proud of, that you know where it came from. That's what makes the difference. Um, exactly. And that's exactly the point right there is you know what you're getting. And I will say this, the first UFC we got, we knew what we were getting and we got it good. The second UFC event <laughs> with the judging, didn't get it. Yeah. Didn't get it. it. That's what started. That started with that. That was the, that was the beginning. I mean, honest, we've, we've been beating the, the, the judging horse to death for the last few months now. And it got, uh, it, it just got worse this last week. I don't know if the judges had fight fatigue or what was going on, but it started uh, with the Wednesday night event. I wanted, I'm glad you transitioned this. I want to talk about some of these fights. Uh, you know, the early prelims basically went exactly how we thought they were going to go, although we didn't make much of a play on it. A couple guys hit us up on Instagram, asked for some different plays. I threw a parlay out there that hit. It was uh, Chase Sherman, Omar Morales, and Sajira Eubanks. That one hit. That was a pretty good hit. Um, but, you know, if we look at what's going on and what happened in that fight, or, or, or rather that whole that whole event, just to focus on the judging for a split second, uh, Ben Rothwell and OSP went to a split decision. And I thought that was a pretty clear 29-28 and arguably a 30-27 for Ben Rothwell. I'm not sure how you score that fight for Ovin St. Peru. No, that was horrible. Um, I, I, I got a 30-27 in there as well. That was, that was so I don't see where you saw OSP actually get any momentum whatsoever. He was backed up the entire time against the cage. It's exactly what we analytically put together was we knew Ben Rothwell was going to move forward, you know, uh, push him into the corners and then utilize his straight left, which he was doing all night. Right. The other thing that bug, bugged me about it too was, you know, and this was against us and this is, it still made me mad was the Ricky Simone Ray Borg fight. Uh, that was another fight that went split decision. A judge had that for Ray Borg. I understand that fight was close. However, to me, it seemed 29-28. Ricky Simone was pretty pretty easy call. I thought he won round one and round two pretty easily. That seemed pretty clear cut to me. Uh, round three seemed to be a lot of just exchanges, you know, that yeah. no guy that no man was necessarily getting the better of. So I could see a 50-50 on that. But it's still going to end out 29-28. I don't understand split decision um, giving that to, to – Ray Borg and I wanted Ray Borg in that fight. I know, but just like you were texting me, why did Ray Borg decide to fight the way he should have fought only starting in round three? That yeah. was not the Ray Borg we wanted to see. That's not the Ray Borg we thought was actually going to come to fight. Rounds one and two, it was like, what are you doing? Yeah. And you know what's funny too is that, you know, I he posted on Twitter, Instagram, something like that, that he said, I, I was so excited to show off the work I'd been doing with my hands that I forgot how to wrestle. Uh, and that's exactly what it was. I'm just, how are you being out-wrestled by Ricky Simone? Yeah. Um, this is not something that we should be dealing with. But let's go to the highlight of the evening before we get into the controversy. Our boy, Punchlist MMA alum, Drew Dober. 
just beats the brakes off of Alexander Hernandez. Um, not going to lie, the first round, a lot of questionable 50-50 exchanges. Uh, I am not Drew Dober. I am not his striking coach. I There were a couple exchanges where I thought he was overextending with the left hand that left him a little exposed, that I was worried Alex might be able to take advantage of if he was timing it correctly. But I think the story of the fight, uh, and Drew was, said this in the post-fight press conference, is that when Alexander Hernandez is forced to make adjustments, he gets uncomfortable. And when he gets uncomfortable, he makes mistakes. And I thought that was really keen insight because you and I and other people have circled around that point without actually expressing it that accurately. I always I couldn't put my finger on Alex Hernandez and what made me uncomfortable about him and the way he fights. But that's exactly it. When he's forced to make adjustments... He gets uncomfortable, and when he gets uncomfortable, he makes mistakes. Yeah, but I thought his comfortability would lie um, in his wrestling, and he did have Dober on the ground once, and I was like, oh, boy. Dober was able to get up on the second one, but the first one he struggled a little bit and yeah. you know, landed on top, held the rest remaining of the round. That kind of seemed like the blueprint, but I will say for someone that's had a very long camp, as we know Alex Hernandez has had because he's had so many different opponents, I'm, his cardio was just not there. You know, it's it's that, and it's also, I, th- I mean, you know, they, they talk about it too. It's a lot of, I think a lot of it might be muscle fatigue in the sense that he has no body fat. <laughs> and he, th- listen, and he throws everything hard. And I'm not a scientist. I'm not a person of very low body fat. I'm not any of those things. But I, it, it's common knowledge that when you have that that level of muscle density, your muscles build up lactic acid. It makes them harder to move you slow down dramatically and you know, he's obviously not going to go up to 170. He's never going to make 145. So, you know, I don't really know what you do with a guy like Alexander Hernandez, other than maybe try to change the way the 155 looks on him, try to lean him out a little bit, but where do you lean him? I don't know, man, Uh, man, you loop them in the same group of like an Edson Barbosa. There's just nowhere to pull any fat from those guys. Yeah. And not to sound weird also, but do these guys grow any hair whatsoever? No, they're, they're like all like dolphins. seals. They're yeah. all, yeah. They're just, they're just smooth. Yeah. Very <laughs> I aerodynamic. Would, I would never run a manscaped ad anywhere near those guys. There would be no need. Maybe yeah, a mayor no ad for guys that want to look like them. Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, Drew Dober could jump into a pool and there'd be no splash. He would just <laughs> <laughs> right into the water. Yeah. That's it. You see, yeah. like the little, the little tiny drop, like from when the T Rex is walking in Jurassic Park. That's what you'd see. Oh yeah, it's like when you're a kid and you used to have that uh, that rubber thing called a torpedo. You just yeah. let that thing slide right through the water. That's what he That's would it. do. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the main event of the evening, uh, the fight that all the controversy was around: Glover Teixeira beat up Anthony Smith um, and beat him up bad. Now, there's a couple different fingers being pointed in a couple different directions. I do not want to discount the performance of Glover Teixeira because he looked fantastic. How much of this was Glover looking great versus how much of it was Anthony Smith overexerting himself, the coaching of Anthony Smith? Where do we place... The, the blame of the loss, is there blame for the loss or was it just an outstanding performance by Glover? I think there's 
you know, there's this fine line between, you know, the trust your coaches have in the fighter and vice versa. I think the interesting thing is for Alex Smith, he just came out less than an hour ago, I think, actually, with a statement on behalf of his coaches saying, like, you know, they all know that I wanted to go out on my shield. But at what point is it going out on your shield and then it's pure insanity? I think, you know, there's a couple of coaches under a lot of limelight right now, one of those being James Krause. Being such an active fighter like James Krause and understanding the family and everything behind what is uh, Alex um, Alexander, it's, Anthony. it's it's sad. It's it is. You keep saying you keep calling him Alex. I'm just I don't want to correct you, but you're you're saying Alex. Am I? I'm still thinking about Alex Henry Hernandez and his his slick body. Sorry about that. <laughs> and then I get it. Anthony. I get yeah. It. So. No, yeah. I, I think I, I, I want to get your take on, on James Krause and how much, I mean, he was very, very vocal in that fight. I mean, every single jab that was being thrown, James Krause was talking about it. He wasn't allowing uh, Anthony to, you know, utilize his own mentality and his own fighter IQ. He was almost coaching him every step of the way. True. But see, here's the thing, though, and you, and you know this from having a coach, right? There is a coach-athlete mentality and a coach-athlete relationship. And that relationship is forged through experience and athletes that don't like a coach's style will go someplace else. Right. Um, so if that relationship is salty or it doesn't shape out the way you want it to fighters will switch camps or athletes will play for different teams or do whatever, um, because the coach athlete relationship is the most important relationship in any sport. Um, yeah. your, your skill set is great. Uh, your relationship to your teammates or is is also e- you know om- of almost equal importance but your relationship with your coach is, in my opinion is the most beneficial and the most important relationship anthony smith and james kraus know their relationship with one another um yeah. anthony smith it's up to An- anthony smith to determine whether or not he was being overcoached it's james kraus's opportunity or you know job to realize when his fighter's doing something incorrectly or when he's doing something correctly and make the appropriate adjustments. Now, I think equal blame falls on both parts because James Krause knew or should know rather how Anthony Smith is going to respond to the coaching that he's getting. Right. So it's up to you to be effective in that coaching and Mm -hmm. overexerting your fighter physically is not an effective way to coach. However, the margin for error in MMA is so incredibly slim that you know you made a brutal mistake until the mistake's already been made. So right. at the end of round two, when Anthony Smith is dead, dead man walking back to the to the thing, you can't go, "Hey Anthony, I screwed this up." You know, uh, what do you want to do? You want to quit? I, my bad. Like, right. is that what you do? Or you go, no. I need you to make adjustments. I need you to be smart. I need you to stay away from the cage. Try not to let him take you down. Be conservative. Keep your distance. All the things that he told him to do. But Glover obviously had plans of his own. So, you know, I I don't know if it's Anthony's fault. I don't know if it's James James Krause's fault. Um, I know that the pace that they put on for the first two rounds was unlike anything a light heavyweight should ever be able to do. And as such, he was dead for the next three rounds. Um, so if you're to split the, split the blame, let's play the blame game a little bit. How much do you put on Jason Herzog? None. I don't put any blame zero. on Jason. I put zero on Jason Herzog right now um, because there hasn't been a precedent set for what people were expecting him to do. 
Um, so with boxing, and you and I have talked about this before, with boxing, if you if you just look outclassed, if you looked outmatched, out outgunned, a referee will come in and stop it, right? Right. But we have 30, 40, 50 years of referees doing that. So when a referee does it, you may disagree with it, but you go, mm, there's already been groundwork laid for this, right? right? We have very rarely in the MMA world seen a referee step in and go, I'm sorry, man, you're just getting your butt kicked. I just can't watch this anymore. You're not going to win this fight. We're done here. We kind of saw it with Herb Dean. Uh, most recently against Tony Ferguson. I know it was late in the game, but that's relatively what it was. Well, it was to an extent, but Tony Ferguson's body language was also one of trying to get away. So when Justin Gaethje hit him with that last combination, he backed up, he kind of put his hands up, he was shaking his head like he didn't want anymore. And then if you watch that fight again, at that moment when Herb's kind of looking at what's happening, Tony Ferguson looks at Herb Dean. And when Justin Gaethje moves in again, Tony runs, like makes a counter step towards Herb to put Herb in between him and right. Justin Gaethje. It wasn't like he, he didn't circle the other way and Herb had to run around to get in. He moved, he looked at him and moved towards him. So he right. made the effort to like, hey, save me. But you see the volatility. So if you look at the Jason Herzog, mm-hmm. you look at what happened with Herb Dean, and mm-hmm. then actually you, most, you look most recently to Dan Mergliata in yeah. the Alistair Overeem fight. Yeah. Thank God Dan Mergulata didn't step in because that could have been an easy W for uh, for Walt Harris. Yeah. And, and listen, I think a lot of this has to do with – there's two schools of thought here that I think we have to contend with. One, I think it's because the sport is so young. We're still relatively young, man. I mean, we're talking yeah. about 25 years, give or take, how old mixed martial arts is. We're super young. We're still learning. We've right. only become – more modern under the unified rules 10 years ago, if that. I mean, we're really still super young. The other thing is, too, and I uh, and I say this as a member of this fan base, the MMA fan base as a whole is amongst the most toxic fan base in all of sports. Yeah. Um, we are a murderer's row. We either love you or we want to see your head on a stick. That's really the way it is. So... If you're Jason Herzog and you stop it in round three when, after Anthony Smith's getting beat up pretty bad and you go, nah, you're outclassed, my man, you're done. People want Jason Herzog's head on a stick. The flip side of that is let's say you go to Keith Peterson with Dominic Cruz and Henry Cejudo and you let Henry Cejudo continue to punch Dominic Cruz in the back of the head for the next 30 seconds. And even though Dom's trying to get up, he can't because every time he gets hit, he gets rocked and falls back down. People are going, what are you doing? You let him punch him in the head for the back of the back of the head for 30 times. It doesn't matter if he's trying to get up. He wasn't advancing his position. Right. Say then fast forward to Herb Dean and Walt Harris. If you look at that, you go, you Dan know, yeah. or Dan Mergliata. I'm sorry. If, if you get Dan Mergliata in there and you, you say, well, you know, you have a 265 pound man punching the face, Alistair. I don't know what you want me to do, man. I was, I thought I was doing the right thing by you. Yeah. What, what, what do you do? I mean, what do you do? You know, you have to let these things until somebody is brave enough to put their career on the line to say, meh, I'm not doing this. I'm not playing any games. If you're getting beat up, I don't care about your, I'm going out on my shield stuff. If you're getting beat up bad, I'm stopping it, man. That's it. Until we see somebody brave enough to do that, you're either going to have to just get over it with early stoppages or late stoppages, or you're going to have to find something else to watch. 
because it's not going to get any better because if it's me or if it's you or if it's anybody else, how do you determine when that guy's actually out unless he's going to tell you? You're going to have to make that determination. So I encourage anybody that feels like they want to be the one that facilitates this change, become an MMA ref, become an MMA judge. I guarantee you, I mean, I'm just throwing this out as a guarantee, 95% of the people that listen to our show or any MMA show have not actually gotten on their state's website to see what it takes to be an MMA or boxing judge or official. It is so easy to do. All you got to do is pay like 50 bucks a year and you can be a, a, a you can be a referee. You can be a judge. Well, and this and the state will pay you to go places to to referee bouts. It's amazingly easy. Be the change you want to see. Seriously, do it. Why why would you want why would you want that profession? I just have to say that like we we saw it before what was the 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 boxer that um, it went a little too long and died a couple days later. Um, There's been a lot of those. Yeah. So I mean, at what point the problem is you can't get analytical about it. You can't base it off significant strikes. You can't base it on you know elapsed time that damage is being done. It's all based on this human element of like, hey, is he in a really compromised bad situation, and when should I jump in? Which is. 1000% on intuition. That's all it is, yeah. which it doesn't make you the best ref. It makes you the best human being as to when is the most appropriate time. The right. best fan mixed with the best human being. That's a right. horrible, horrible line to be on both sides of the fence. Right. That uh, is, is, is a sticking point for sure. I think one that 100% can be fixed though is judging. I think the judging can absolutely be finished or, or, or corrected rather. Um, I think we're seeing great strides in in judging. Um, you know, uh, our friend Steve with Scoring Senate um, is doing amazing things. If you guys haven't checked that out, check out Scoring Senate. Um, and then you have apps like Verdict MMA. I know people are beating the Verdict MMA drum right now, but I, I stay I stand steadfast in this that I do not believe Verdict MMA is the answer. Um, it turns judging into a popularity contest. Exactly. It is not an accurate metric. It's good, but it's not great. I think the and, and you know I'm not speaking like I'm some sort of super genius, but I really think that one of the best steps that we can make is open scoring, where at the end of every round, judges have to submit their scores and people know what where the judges lie. It doesn't it, and that's an immediate change that can happen that we don't have to retool the entire system because they're already supposedly writing their scores down at the end of every round. So write it down. It gets immediately displayed on the screen, right? What, what, who scored for what, you know exactly where your fighter's at and you go from there. We don't have to implement any new judges, any new scoring systems, any new rules. All we have to do is take the information that's already there and make it public knowledge. And I think that in and of itself will clean up a lot of the sport. Yeah, I think the, the biggest differential between verdict and Senate, for those that aren't familiar with Senate, is Senate allows you to get real-time scoring from uh, people that they, they call senators, which are um, ex-MMA athletes, um, people that are highly involved in the sport, whether that be an analyst, an Errol Hawani type person, whoever it is, whoever they deem as a senator, they can put on this panel where you can receive real-time scoring in association to each round. I think that coincides a lot with what Max Holloway has always campaigned for, and that's that 
the refs should be those that were ex-fighters. And to be honest, if if I looked at it and I was in the fight, would I want you know a retired Uriah Faber or a um, uh, Dom Cruz or whatever to score me, or do I want Sal Diamato? Like, right. No, I'd want the person that's in there that knows the extent of what damage it is, what it is um, from a cardio perspective, if he looks like he's getting out of it. I know a lot of these guys might have some BGJ background, stuff like that. I will say in the Alistair Overeem, I'm so happy that Dan Mergulotta didn't stop that because he could see that Alistair was putting his wrist to Walt's back as almost like a swim move to get out and kind of reverse the, the position he was on the ground. So he saw that progression. A lot of times we're not seeing... Uh, you know, a lot of that's, it's all up to interpretation. And that's, that's the thing is you want someone that's been in there before, who's dealt with these type of situations to score it appropriately. Yeah. All right. So let's get into these last couple of fights real quick before we put a bow on this thing. You talked about the Alistair Overeem Walt Harris fight. Um, a lot of questionable judging on Saturday night. Claudia Gadelia defeated Angela Hill in a fight that I thought Angela Hill easily won. Um, 29, 28 are bound. Uh, I know Claudia is your girl, but dude, it really hard to make an argument that she won that fight. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I have nothing to say about that. Angela was piecing her up. I was shocked that Claudia didn't try and take her down more. Right. You know, I great, great to Angela Hill for staying on her feet and she crushed it when she was on her feet. Yeah. Uh, Danny Gay versus Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza quickly coming on my list of fighters. I'm not all that crazy about because this dude is ultra salty whenever he loses, man. I've been commenting on every post I possibly can about this. Close fights are not robberies. There is a difference between a robbery and a close fight. That was a close fight. When it's that close, you can't be mad at a decision not going your way. It's a close fight. Split decision. Dan Ige beats Edson Barboza. Edson Barboza tried to appeal the loss already. He did the <laughs> same thing with Paul Felder. My man, I understand a lot's at stake, but take that L comeback better. Well, take it out of the judge's hands if you can. I know that's easier said than done, and that's a very cliche thing to say. It wasn't for lack of effort. Two dudes stood in the middle of the, the cage and banged it out for three rounds. Uh, you know, I don't know what else you expect here. It was a close fight. It wasn't a robbery. Dan Ige won. It was a split decision. I don't see. I don't see the, the like why the controversy has to be so heavy with this. This is as heavy of a controversy as the Marlon Moraes-Jose Aldo fight. And honestly, I thought that fight was easier to score. I thought Marlon Moraes won that one easily. Yeah, the, the only round that was in question was round two. Round one, easily Barbosa. Round three was easily Dan Ige. Right. Round two was really where you know the controversy lied. But, I mean... I had Dan Ige actually having a majority of that round. I'd probably say he had four and a half minutes of that round. So I thought the split was correct. I thought the decision was correct. Um, yeah. I don't know what Edson was was looking at, especially the last round. Like, I mean, to to think it was controversial with such a lackluster effort, he gassed himself. He was right. holding guard for pretty much, you know, four and a half minutes of that third round. So I don't know what you expect here. Christoph Jocko took on Eric Anders. Christoph Jocko got a 30-27 scorecard. Bunch of t and two 29-28s. I I thought that fight was relatively close, man. I don't understand a 30-27. Yeah. Um I thought, you know, I, I guess when there's rounds that are toss-ups and you're only dealing with three judges, you run that risk of where they're all going to score one round. You know, if it's a coin flip, they're all going to score it against, you know, the opposite end. But I think a 30-27 is pretty ridiculous. Eric Anders clearly won. Uh, what was that round two? Mm -hmm. Round 
Yeah, I think it was round two. Round he two. Clear, cl- clearly won that. I, I just don't understand how you go 30-27 there. Um, Team Alpha Male, Song Yadong, defeats Marlon Cheeto Vera. Again, this was a unanimous decision, 29-28. But it was, again, a close fight, not necessarily a robbery. I, I really don't know how you score. Again, this is one of those things where it goes to coin flips. I literally looked at all three rounds of that fight and went, Coin flip round one, coin flip round two, coin flip right. round three. I guess you would expect more parity amongst them, but dude, I, I you could have told me Cheeto Vera won that fight, and I go, okay. Song Yudong won that fight, okay. I, I don't know what do you do. That's a pick 'em. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually shocked in that fight how much bigger Cheeto looked than than Song. Yeah. That was crazy. It looked like two different weight classes. Yeah, yeah. It's big, big boy. Um, I know people were super upset about that decision. Cheeto Vera was super upset about it, but again coin flip of a fight man i i don't know what to do there yeah. um honestly the 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 fight that i took the most umbrage with is the nate land Aaron elkins fight um two yeah. 30 27 scorecards for for nate land in a fight that i thought darren elkins won for sure i thought darren i thought darren elkins won round one and i thought he won round three i think that was a clear round one round three and then the stats come out and Darren Elkins had more control time. He landed more total strikes. He re- landed more significant strikes, and he landed the only takedowns of the fight. So, how on earth do you do? Two judges score at thirty twenty-seven. Oh, I'll tell you. Well, okay. When you have shitty judging, it's all based on what looks to be more damaged product. Yeah. Darren Elkins, if you blow that guy a kiss, he will spew blood out of his forehead. True. He has so much scar tissue; it's ridiculous. He is. Uh, Nate Diaz's left eyebrow. That's what he yeah. is. He is one whole Nate Diaz left eyebrow. So when you look at the damage at the end of it and you look at, which is again, completely conflicting. You look at Nate talking shit, put it, doing, trying to do the Conor McGregor one hand behind the back, moving around, acting like he's owning the fight when it's like, no dude, you're losing. Darren Elkins is going to take the loss. It almost seemed like casual fans were in fact judging this fight. Yeah. No, I agree, 100%. 100% agree. All right, let's put a bow on this thing, man. Uh, wrap it up. We're at 37 minutes here. We are doing something super exciting on our Instagram right now. We are doing a Manscaped prize pack giveaway um, where we're giving away the whole kit and caboodle as far as Manscaped products go, man. If you ever wanted to try something from Manscaped, now is the time to put your name in the hat and see if you can't win it for free. Uh, we're giving it all away, man. We're, get, we're just going to go ahead and give it all away. Um, all you gotta do is go to our Instagram page and, uh, follow the rules on each one of the posts. You want to unpack that a little bit more? Um, I think all I have to say about this guys is, I mean, if you look at me on our YouTube video right now, you're seeing, I'm wearing a Hawaiian shirt. You see, I got a little bit of hair coming out of the top of the collar there. You got a little Tom Selleck. Yeah. Tom Selleck is exactly what I have. What's crazy though, is when I took a shower last night, my wife looked at me and she's like, I don't understand. You have a, are you? It looks like you're wearing a belt because from the belt up, I'm hairy, but from down below, I am so perfectly shaven. It almost looks like <laughs> I'm running around with a black T-shirt, just naked. It's unbelievable. What is wrong with you, man? What is wrong? With you? No, it's it's almost weird. Now I'm wondering if I'm going to be one of those guys, which maybe maybe I need to be the next Drew Dober. I don't know. I might have to shave my whole body because right now I look freaking weird. You look weird. You look weird. Okay, yeah. fair enough. So, yeah, go to, our, go to our Instagram post. Follow the instructions. You have the opportunity to win a, a Manscaped prize pack giveaway. We are going to announce winners for that this upcoming Friday. 
that will be Friday. What is that? The 23rd. Is that correct? No, Friday, the 22nd of May, we'll be announcing a give the giveaway winners on Friday, May 22nd on our Instagram page. You have time every day from now until Friday itself to enter to win this prize pack giveaway before winners are announced on Friday. In the interim, if you want to go ahead and support the show by taking advantage of the promo code, the promo code is PUNCH. It'll save you 20% and give you free shipping. So you're still going to get something free. Uh, from us, whether it's free shipping or the entire prize pack free, we're going to give you something for free. Promo code punch if you don't win the giveaway, but we hope that you do. All you got to do is go to our Instagram and follow the contest instructions on the Manscaped posts. Yeah, if you don't have that championship mentality and you're just a quitter, use our code. You know, it's easy punch manscaped.com 20% free shipping. That's it. All right, Trey, let's go ahead and put a bow on this thing, man. And uh, no fights this weekend, but we will be back and ready to rock next week. We've got some interviews lined up. we got some new content we're getting ready to roll out that we've alluded to. It's going to be an exciting time around the punch list, player. Yeah, if you guys make sure we, we love, obviously, reviews. We love likes. Subscribe to us on YouTube, but really... Guys, let's bolster our Apple reviews a little bit. If you wouldn't mind, go on there. If you guys like the show, share it. Tell your friends about it. Um, but definitely leave us a review. That helps us algorithmically to get up a little bit higher in the rankings. Maybe help us get that $100 million payday from Spotify. I don't know. Whatever you can do, we appreciate it. Let's do this. Let's Ooh. do this. I'm going to throw you a curveball. Curveball like right here. I'm in, a, I'm in a giving mood. <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a giving mood. This is what we're going to do. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. I don't care what the actual review itself says. I don't care if you write anything at all. Just leave us a review. Next week, we will pick a tag uh, from iTunes. We'll announce the winner on the show. If you've already given us a five-star review, you're still eligible to win. No worries. But we will pick one five-star review. We'll read it on the show next week. And the winner of which... After we announce you, you can shoot us a message on on IG, and I will Venmo you, Cash oh, App you, shit. PayPal you, beer money for UFC 230. Ooh, I like it. I like it. I'll double down on that. You'll double down. So double beer money. Double beer money. Double beer money. Get on iTunes. Write us a review. We'll pick it next Tuesday whenever we record. You'll know about it next Wednesday, and we will announce you. We'll reach out. Uh or we'll tell you to reach out to us on Instagram uh, or email or whatever, and then we will get your information, and we will double down on some beer money for UFC 230. God, listen to that, guys. If you stayed through this entire episode, you got a little nugget there at the end that just can freaking put some beer in your guys' fridge, put a smile on your face. Absolutely. All right, Trey. Talk to you later, man, and uh, take care, everybody. Be good to each other, and we'll see you all next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 